0: Hey there, we're the West Pirates and welcome to the show. We're here to share our thoughts on Northwestern athletics and college sports with thoughts and analysis from the visceral to the statistical. We run our tailgate with the red pirate flag flying high above as we give no quarter, especially the fourth. I'm Sam Walter. I'm John Lacombe.
1: And I'm Eric Skoskauspo.
0: Well guys, uh, for the third time this year, we've got a schedule. Uh, yeah. and, uh, when, we, when We recorded last week um, you know, after the announcement uh, that Big Ten was going to be back. We didn't have a schedule that came out. A Saturday morning in what, is to the, what should have been the surprise of no one, the most drawn-out uh, schedule release I've ever seen. Didn't surprise me, but still, that's how Fox decided to do it. But um, yeah, we can uh, crunch up the, the schedule a little bit, take a look. But um, be- before we look at the Northwestern schedule, normally I would ask who Nebraska pissed off to have a, a – such a brutal schedule, but we all know who they pissed off. You don't fuck with the big 10 and expect not to get a little comeuppance. Nebraska opens at Ohio state comes home for Wisconsin goes to Northwestern at home for Penn state. That's their first four games.
2: Yep, Good. Good. Take it. Take it. Nebraska. And again, I, I, this, this has less, to do i know for a lot of people it has to do with nebraska's cut con- for me it's just general nebraska hatred i just wonderful wallow in your failure nebraska like i don't this is this never gets old for me and yes uh it you know we've we previously have talked with the fact that nebraska is just not a good football team um and now i can tell you like they might be better than illinois um that's b- about it on their schedule um, and good. Yeah. The, the bloodbath starts nice and early for this team and I'll, 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 we'll all have front row seats.
1: I forget who had this, but my favorite was a tweet that lined up um, Nebraska's AD's comments against the comments from uh, Arkansas and Missouri who have been uh, awarded cross division matchups against Georgia and Alabama respectively in the SEC and did those schools complain? No, their comment was basically, "This is why you know the SEC is the best. It's it's a tough conference, and we're excited to get into conference play." Like, suck it up, Nebraska. Um, I just like I, like it's it's ludicrous that that they. I mean, I understand why they're upset, right? I mean, but did did they really think they were going to be good this year like let's be clear like wouldn't wouldn't you rather take this mulligan this season and then and then have like a more manageable schedule in a year or two i don't know um and like I'll, they were pl- they were playing penn state and
0: ohio state in their regular in their like pre covid schedule so i mean this is nothing new for them
1: yeah and they still get illinois you know like i like i don't know um i guess i'll say this like the only thing that kind of Infuriates me more than Nebraska's reaction to this are the people on Twitter that are lauding Nebraska for quote saving the Big Ten, as as if Nebraska's complaints weren't met with a swift kick to the teeth. And then when Ryan Day opened his mouth, the Big Ten was like, "Ooh, maybe we should uh, should we should we take a look at this, guys?" I. Guys, I don't know what
2: you're talking about. I, for one, am loving the new Stone Temple Pilots record, and Nebraska football is the best thing. Is the most relevant thing in the country right now. So I don't know what you're talking about. Um, um, no. So aside from, you know, we could we could do Nebraska jokes all night, but aside from that, I think the one thing that jumps out to me is how early Ohio State, Penn State is. Um, it's halloween right it's right off the bat second week of this schedule it's like you've barely gotten back into big 10 football and suddenly probably the most relevant game in the east is right out in front of you obviously ohio state's the massive favorite at the point of this recording um micah parsons is still not coming back why would he come back they would certainly part the red sea to make to allow him to come back if he wanted to um you know I'm just saying we don't know one way or another. It obviously makes a massive difference for Penn State. He's arguably the best player in the conference. Um, But either way, Ohio State's, it's just degrees of how big Ohio State's a favorite in that game. But Penn State has probably got as good of a chance as anybody. And the fact that that game is happening right off the bat with kind of of without any buildup is is kind of wild. But I mean, it's, this is, you know, crazy times. Like something was going to break that way.
0: So let's talk about the Northwestern schedule. Cause, um, you know, we talked last week that, you know, we had heard rumblings that we'd be dropping, uh, one we'd be keeping the same, uh, pre COVID matchups, um, and dropping one of the road games. So, you know, we knowing that Michigan state was our, is our protected rival, if you will. And Maryland was coming to Evanston. We've, pretty much assumed that those would be our cross division games and lo and, lo and behold
1: there they are we drop penn wait, state wait. does does that mean that ohio state is nebraska's protected rival please tell me this sure these. is it sure oh, is oh that's oh that's glorious <laughs> yep yeah nebraska I mean, came is like i mean we... leave it to nebraska to not understand
0: math right <laughs> when they when they came in they were like we want to we want to play the best and big Ten's like okay here you go but, uh, yeah, I, again, I, I'm not I, sure if that's going to be changing, but, uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just this. We're
2: obviously going to talk about it a lot more, but I think if you're a serious Northwestern football fan, there's that rapid moment where we were all so caught up in, oh, everything's coming back, and, and oh, you know, are we going to play, are we not going to play? Everything that's not involved with X's and O's of football and I think over the past week or, or even less since this schedule came out, it's really starting to sink in um, that regardless of, you know, what we have on offense and defense. And I think a lot of Cats fans think there's a heck of a lot there and you're not wrong. This is the easiest schedule you will ever see a Northwestern football team get to play. Yeah. and And it is... And, and that's that thing, right? So immediately, a millisecond after you realize that, the pressure of expectations crashes down on your head because you're like, oh my god, there's every – like there are – we play eight teams. Four of them have, all caps, atrocious defenses, okay? I'm not underselling that. Maryland, Nebraska, Purdue, and Illinois are atrocious OK, all you need to know is Illinois is maybe the best of those four defenses. Did you watch the Illinois game last year? OK, no. that's I mean, and that's irrespective of a of, of Minnesota team with warts and Michigan State team that kind of doesn't know what they are right now. Um, and a good Iowa team and a fantastic Wisconsin team. But I'm, I'm just like, it's you won't see crossover games where you're getting this bad. I mean, we talked in the summer about how bad Maryland's defense was going to be. I may have used the words worst you will ever see. And that was before opt out Palooza, uh, in Maryland. I mean, I don't know what kind of team they are going to be walking out into the field against us on October
1: 24th. Um, I mean, most notably they lost, um, probably their best defensive lineman, right? Jalen Alexander.
2: Right. And, and I mean, I, I, I best with breaking my fingers, making air quotes here, okay? Again, this will be one of the worst defenses you will ever see. And what few pieces they had, they just lost pieces off of that. That's who we start the season with. That's who we figure out, iron out offensive wrinkles against. So, uh, again, am I, I, mean, I saying Big Ten Championship? No, but there are pieces that could lock into place for us obviously and if those pieces lock into place we immediately become better than minimum five teams on our schedule uh, by a, a pretty clear margin so yeah it's you you realize this and weight of expectations comes right down
1: well i mean they're really great like just to to chunk this up a little bit you know starting off with maryland is about as close as you can get to a kind of non-conference cupkiki matchup for northwestern Central,
2: talk- Michi- Central Michigan would have been exponentially more terrifying to yeah. me yeah. than this team.
1: Yeah, and they—I mean, they're so look—they've got they've got plenty of talent. They got some wide receivers that are downright scary. Um, I forget his first name, but uh, Tua Tagovailoa's younger brother transferred from Alabama to Maryland. Talia, Talia, Talia. Talia, Talia yeah. Thank you. Um, got a waiver to play this year. That kid is going to be good. Like, like I don't—he was not a quid pro quo recruit. Um, in in my mind, you know, I don't think he has quite the upside that Tua had, but he's he's still going to be good. Reports out of practice are that he looks awesome already, and he's connecting with their five-star wide receiver recruit, who's also a freshman. But that kid hasn't played any college football yet, and he's a transfer into Maryland system, just like Peyton Ramsey is a transfer in Northwestern system. But Ramsey is so much more experienced, and in the first game out of this restart with you know, limited camp and all that other sort of stuff like that experience is going to be a big deal. O-line is another place where even with the loss of Rashawn Slater, Northwestern has quite a bit more experience on the O-line than Maryland does coming back. I just, it's a nice matchup for the cats to get into the shoot here. Iowa week two is a lot harder. Nebraska is always a tight, tough game for Northwestern. And then, you know, I mean, we, we ended nice with Illinois. I, like that November slate looks pretty, pretty meaty. Um, knowing that Purdue's offense is good, and you know, Wisconsin and Minnesota possibly have the best returning starting QBs. I, I mean, remains to be seen a little bit, but I like if we can get out the gate and man, if we can play Iowa tough and start three and zero.
0: So let it, let it not be say that we're burying the lead here. Let's just run through the schedule real quick. Um, uh, we talked about Maryland opening up at home on October 24th, travel to Iowa city on Halloween, um, home for Nebraska on the 7th of November, uh, down to West Lafayette on the 14th to play Purdue home for Wisconsin and then a double road trip at Michigan state at Minnesota, um, Scuzz, Minneapolis, December 5th. How does that usually feel? Uh, cold. <laughs> all right. <laughs> it usually snows by Halloween. And then uh, we're finishing up the season at home for the hat on December 12th. So, uh, and then uh, December 19th is Champions Week. So, we'll play uh, someone from the East. Uh, remains to be seen how that all breaks down. I think they're still trying to figure it out. Um, you know, I... They'd rather not have rematches if they could avoid it, but uh obviously if it's one v one and they there's a rematch there, they'll roll they'll roll with it. But uh you know, with there there should be enough room to play around with like second place, third place, fourth place on either side to get unique matchups, I think.
1: Now are we a hundred percent sure these games are happening on, on campus? Yes.
0: I, I mean
2: i'm certainly curious about that november 28th december 5th december 12th like you know when the polar vortex rolls in um i wouldn't be surprised if teams start looking for alternate destinations i mean fans aren't going to be allowed in the stadium so you know if they need flexibility i'm sure they'll go looking for it
0: i mean besides you know the u.s bank stadium in in minneapolis where where are you going to play
2: yeah, I mean, I some teams may have to you may have dual road games, you know, for for some of these places. But I feel like you've got Indianapolis would be in play, Detroit would be in play, you know. It, I suppose they they'd be having to work all this stuff out. But uh, you, even Saint,
0: you, you could put a football field
2: in Miller Park, right? People have talked about that. Milwaukee um, potentially even Saint Louis. Um, so I think you know, obviously that's not enough games to cover everyone but you know we'll see i guess i mean i think like i said it's not the whole notion of home games and away games isn't exactly going to matter this year so i I have not as
0: warm i have not seen any chatter about any of these games not being held on campus
2: yeah i mean again i you know they will i suppose we'll we will find out we're going to see a lot more december football than we're used to so
1: yeah i mean i guess like i i there was some there was some chatter right out the gate and there hasn't been any since. Um, So you're right, Sam, like there's hardly even any smoke on this. Um, And I just did a real quick comparison. The Minnesota Vikings schedule does not really line up well with, with the, with the Gophers Um, at the same time. Like they, they played back to back in the Metrodome all the time back in the day. So there's no reason that Minnesota, you know, couldn't move indoors to us bank stadium if they needed to. Their field is also heated at the, at um, us bank stadium or whatever the TCF, TCF. Thank you. Um, different, different stupid bank, uh, in the twin cities. Um, yeah. I think it, they are Charlotte, all all these bank stadiums. I don't know. Um, and that's not like Wells Fargo. Isn't we haven't even talked about them yet, but, um, regardless, like their, their field is heated. So even though that December 5th game is going to be mighty cold, it's, I can't say there's a dramatic amount of difference between December 5th and November 19th, which is the last game I went to up there. So, um, but even even you know downstate in illinois uh well i guess that's a home game for us but like evanston december 12th like that's gonna be frigid yeah that close to the lake too
0: i mean i i'm 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 thinking of how many like late november games have we been to and just freezed our asses off on and now we're talking like two three weeks after that i i just want to point out
2: uh the LSU Tigers do not have a home game on December twelfth. Chris Giannini, winning, winning, our friend at winning cures everything. You need to make this happen. I want Northwestern hosting Illinois in Death Valley on December twelfth. <laughs> feel like we can, we can make that happen. You know, a tiger. You know, a tiger, a wildcat. You know, not a lot of change needs to be done. Midfield logo. I think I think we can make that
0: happen. Keep our boys nice and warm. So at, at a glance at, you know, at this schedule, um, kind of going back to the, these crossovers, Northwestern and Purdue might be, have the two easiest crossovers, if you will. Purdue's crossovers are Indiana and Rutgers. Compare that to our Maryland and Michigan state. Other than that, you know, Illinois has Rutgers, but they also have Ohio State. So I,
2: I, I think too, like you comparing the Northwestern and Purdue. Only illustrates more how easy ours is because Indiana is a heck of a lot better than either of the teams we've drawn. Uh, we've got for our crossover games, so I mean I'm certainly glad we don't we don't have the Hoosiers on our schedule. Um, I mean our, uh, but I mean truth be told, looking at our schedule, I mean we're we're used to Iowa being a hated rival. We're used to playing a lot of tough games with them, but the reality is, on our schedule, there is one team that is just not like the other ones, and that's Wisconsin. Um, a team that recent history we've played pretty well, but um, they lord over the rest of our schedule. Like I, by it's, it's not really close. Um, and I think it's a, it's a position. Like I, I kind of feel like it's, it's a, been a little bit of a broken record situation for us the past really five or six years where we're ultimately saying, look, a lot of this is going to come down to whether we can win that Wisconsin game or not. If we can, that tiebreaker is going to be worth gold for us. Um, and we'll need it. And and you know, most of the time that game's gone against us. But um, this is a a lot of very winnable games, and then just one with a bullet. Tough one.
1: Well, then on the other side of the of the conference, um, Ohio State with far and away the easiest crossovers in uh, yeah. Illinois, Nebraska,
2: <laughs> which we were praying for. I was like, oh, let it happen. Um, the there, I mean, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's got Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland, and Illinois. I mean, Ohio State as Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland, and Illinois on their schedule as if they needed any help. Um, <laughs> um, it's there will be some real bloodbaths, and, and like I said, you know, again, um, we all know Ohio State, Michigan, but the truth is, like, I mean, Michigan ain't got the kind of team Ohio State does, and it that Penn State game coming right off the top. You know, if Ohio State takes uh Micah Parsons' list, Penn State um, team behind the woodshed in Week 2, I think a lot of this is going to feel academic really quickly. Um, so, But we'll see. Um, you know, some crazy things certainly could happen. Obviously, though, I think no one, I would say, in the Big Ten wanted to play this season more than Ohio State did. They know what's on their plate. They're going to be ready to rock and roll. And um, I think, if anything part of them is they got to go out into the desert in all that time between Penn state and Michigan and stay hungry and stay frosty. And, um, but I'm, I'm dimes to dollars. They get that done.
1: Well, I, I mean the, the amount of time they're going to be able to give their second string, third string right. players. Um,
2: another, well, that's another good point too because Ohio state's got a lot of teams on their schedule. They can lay a beat down on, and this year you got to keep guys healthy.
0: Well, but also this year you got to put on some style points, right? Because you know Big Ten is only playing nine games total, whereas you know SEC is playing ten plus a championship. So like, they're too shy, you know, two games with a, less than what you're getting in some of these other conferences. So you know, if you I'm don't, just gonna... you don't have as much tape to put down. Sam, Sam, if the Big Ten champion does not make the
2: playoff the world like the country is going to implode on it that will be the final straw of 2020 (laughs) there will be some sort of implosion event the country the con the country will be sucked into the earth's crust okay like the big 10 champ is i mean i i say that if there's a two lost big 10 champ maybe but boy if if that is not the case i do not see how that how they are not getting in the uh, I feel like Clemson, Clem, Clemson's punching their ticket. Ohio State's as close to punching, you know, another ticket too. And then the SEC, you know, etc. But I don't know. <sighs> feel it? Who knows? I you know. I, let me put it this way: I want to say that deep back backroom machinations are in order to ensure that each one of these conferences puts a team into the playoffs. But I feel like over the past month, we've We've uh, got a pretty good glimpse behind the curtain, and there's not a lot there. <laughs> 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 there's there's no shadowy, hyper organized cabal pulling all the strings. It's just kind of a
1: cluster. So, God, isn't that the truth? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, here's the thing: like, if 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 it was Purdue running the table this year unexpectedly and with that schedule, I think maybe there's a problem and they you know they could get jumped by a by a one loss Alabama that you know played a much tougher schedule. ain't no way Ohio State's getting left out not after how close they came to beating Clemson last year not after you know they finished number one in, in virtually all of the um, analytics uh, or analytic based ranking systems. You know, with Justin Fields coming back, like, like, you you know, that that eyeball piece is, is a, is a part of the playoff, um, formula as well, even if, even if unstated. So I just, if they take care of business, there's going to, there's going to be no problem there. And the reality is, is they can rack up style points on some of these squads with their second string. I like the other thing that's, that's, it's, it, it's, it's not just going to be the health and the style points that matters, but teams that have some flexibility to absorb the um, inevitable quarantines that are going to happen and um, you know, occasional players that can't play either because they've tested positive or they're in, they're in contact trace quarantine. Like that stuff's going to, going to rear its head too. And I mean, that, like, I'm, I'm going
0: to be real interested to see how, like if this daily testing that the big 10 has been touting is able to, to meet up with what they're, what they're claiming. Cause yeah, you know, they're they're claiming you know you're going to be able to get results before someone is uh, contagious, which case contact tracing becomes unnecessary at, at all. If that's the case, then you know they're get, you're not going to see major outbreaks. You shouldn't see like what's been happening. Like poor Houston hasn't played a game. They've had four games on the on the books that have all canceled you know, Notre Dame has to cancel this weekend's game because contact tracing. If this testing procedure that the Big Ten is claiming will get rid of contact tracing, that should make things better, at, at least as far as, you know, unexpected mass uh, COVID-related absences.
2: And you can fold that too. I mean, you're absolutely right. You can fold that at two into something that we talked about last week too, which is just, I, you know, I... I don't want to come off as like the pompous Big 10 fan, but I really do believe that there is going to be a level um of of testing and a level of protocol just in general above what you have currently seen in college football from the Big 10. I think they're going to be running a tight ship and if you've got this ability um to avoid, you know, to preempt contact tracing on top of that, I think you're you're going to be in really good shape. I mean, again, I furiously knocking wood that I'm not proven wrong.
0: I'm curious. I, oh, no, go ahead. No, I, I wonder if there's something to the uh, the fact that, you know, these kids, so the Big Ten players had this taken away. Like, it was canceled, and yet they got it back. They they had their second chance. And maybe that's not the case for, for the conferences that didn't cancel. They just sort of waited it out. So maybe they didn't take it as serious. I don't know. Well, I, I, no,
1: I mean, the, Notre Dame, like, got to the precipice of that i mean like their their president basically told the student body and the football team like shape up or or we're shipping you all home and shutting this thing down so um they definitely got to the precipice and i'm trying i'm trying to dig around right now to figure out how frequently notre dame is testing their players um and i don't i can't tell if it's if it's weekly or i i know it's more than weekly or i know that's i know i know it's more often than, than once per week but i can't tell how fast it is and it, and if it's the type of test that the big 10 is going to be administering or not but yeah it's going to be really interesting how that plays out i think like the reality is is at some point someone's going to test positive and ev- even if even if you're able to to prevent that from you know from having a contact tracing situation where you need to hold other players out too like that's one less thing that frankly, Ohio state has to worry about, like get through the first two weeks and then they can really, really manage workload and, and all sorts of other stuff as, as they see fit until maybe those last two weeks of the, of the season.
2: Can I ask you guys shifting gears just a little bit and going back to the schedule with this laid out in front of you? uh, Do either you guys have a sleeper, a not Wisconsin, a not Ohio state, certainly, but someone, you know, where if, if you got the right long money, you would take that team. Who would it be? I let's say, and let's take Northwestern out of the equation too. Cause I, I would certainly put us right at the top of that list. But... is,
1: is Rondell Moore coming back? If Rondell I... Moore opts back in, it's Purdue for me. Like sure. Like a hundred percent in the West. That's
2: part of the reason I like, I asked that question is because Purdue just jumps out. Yeah. Um, but, I mean,
0: Rashad Bateman's back from Minnesota. Tanner Morgan's got, you know, if... if I, they, I, have, yeah, mm, they have... Yeah,
2: they have Michigan, though. I mean, unless... If, if they... If, you're absolutely right. If they well, jump on Michigan week one, then absolutely all bets are off there.
1: If, if they don't have an offensive drop-off losing Kirk Chiroka, I'll, I'll be stunned. Sure. Um, but you're right. If they don't, then they're... Then, I mean, they can... I mean, the interesting thing, though, is, is you know, they were... A better top to bottom team last year for sure, and they got smoked by Wisconsin. So that that's a hurdle that they still need to figure out how to climb. Right. It's I so, this, is, this I is so
2: funny. Yeah, because only because with Minnesota we've we've just they're the only team we have yet to preview right now. Well,
0: and Illinois
2: and it'll, the, the only the only football okay. team. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> um, but but I mean you know we've talked about with. More if Rondo Moore comes back, you know, and again, we don't know. We know he hasn't hired an agent. But we also don't know if that means bupkis. These guys should have been able, these guys should be able to drive back onto campus in Lamborghinis and be like, yep, this is agent money. I was, this is just my bags of money that I just blew. And the NCAA should be like, fine, come back. <laughs> this is all, this is all a cluster. Come play. Um, but either way, I mean, even without him, we know Purdue's offense is still, terrifying um and yeah you could totally talk me into purdue jumping on iowa week one um and then suddenly already you're looking ahead to that wisconsin game and you know maybe they take it on the chin to wisconsin but you know we've you know we talked check out our wisconsin preview we kind of talked in our wisconsin preview that maybe there's some sort of situation where things get crazy and and wisconsin you know in some weird way gets leapfrogged by a team they beat you know in the season and and purdue could be that team
1: it's it's harder for me to find a a um, sleeper in the East just because if it's not Ohio State and Penn State, I I don't reasonably see how any of the either yeah. of the other teams everyone can else beat has to play them either right? of them yeah like let alone they can beat one let alone both of them so I, in, like Indi-
2: Indiana is the classic example right you're like Indiana probably gonna have a pretty good football team and then you look at the schedule and you're like oh my god
1: like if they shocked Penn State week one and then Penn State beat Ohio State week two and then Ohio State beat Indiana week th- like six or whatever, and they all won out otherwise. Right. I mean, Indiana still has to play Michigan and Wisconsin and Purdue. I just and I Purdue, don't see yeah. it.
2: Minnesota, Minnesota, Yeah, Indiana could easily go three and five with an excellent football team in the schedule. There's, it's just absolutely brutal for them. Yeah. Um, what's laid out in front of them.
1: Well, then they then they'd get a nice juicy matchup in uh, championship week, right?
0: Yeah, right? Redemption opportunity. So, uh, speaking of uh win win losses, um Northwestern's showing up in Vegas as a 4 win over under. Are 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 we I mean, a, I, are I, we, we, we only a 500 team with this schedule? I don't I, think so.
1: As John said, there are four terrible defenses um and then I just I I I don't know, like there's there's a lot of uncertainty around Northwestern, right? And like on one hand you can say last year was an aberration. On the other hand you can say new OC, new QB, like we like lost a best offensive player, we just don't know.
2: I I mean, I can't stress enough if you look at at our schedule, every team that we play this year and and then include us in that group, the best defense is Wisconsin. The second best is us, and there isn't a remote third place. Um, it is, I mean, not a remote. I don't want to say that. I'm not going to throw Michigan State's defense under the bus, but that team is just a team working out some serious stuff. But there's no doubt it's Wisconsin and Northwestern. Um, those are the two best defenses in the conference. And um, they're well, I mean, Ohio they're, State? Really? No, I mean in, in the West. Okay. There are other good defenses. I, I don't want to throw shade at Iowa. I don't want to throw shade at Michigan State. Michigan I'm just State's saying, not in our division. Right. No, true. Right, right, right. Um, but I, I'm just saying, like, looking at the teams that we play. Oh, like, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. My, I know. this. Uh, I made a mess at this point. But my point is, our awesome defense from last year that got no help from its offense whatsoever did not go anywhere. That defense is back. And, um, it's, you know, that we're going to go to war with that. And, you know, that's where your mind should go. Anytime someone's talking about four wins off of this schedule, because, um, we are going to be as good, you know, in the trenches and as good on the defensive side of the ball as most of the teams we're going to be playing.
1: I mean, assuming like if our offense goes back to like an average Mick McCall offensive year, as opposed to a horrific Mick McCall offensive year, like say sixties in SMP plus, which is totally viable given the QB and, an offensive coordinator. I think if you, even if you look at Bajakian's track record, that's generally where he's landed when he's, when he's shown up at a new team, um, like th- that should be enough to get us to five wins. If our defense, you know, regresses maybe a little bit and our offense, you know, goes kind of reverts to the mean, um, and then and then you can you can play that forward right so let's say our offense improves beyond the mean or our defense doesn't regress or regresses less right like now now it feels like the Iowa Michigan State Minnesota Purdue tier is extremely attainable and now you're talking about well now we're a, now we're a, a perfect game against Wisconsin away from mm-hmm. from doing this and then there's the 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 upside scenario which is Peyton Ramsey can lay some claim to being the best returning QB in to to the conference in the West. Um, He's not better than Justin Fields, but maybe is better than all, but Justin Fields and with a offensive coordinator and full control of the offense. As you recall, he was, he was second fiddle in Indiana Um, and a, and a defense that far outperforms the one that he had with the Hoosiers that a west another west division crown is certainly within reach. I, I mean that's that's absolutely an upside case and we need a lot of things to go our way. Um but it it's, is it's, not it is not crazy and I like I'll be it's funny because I feel like this is what we said going into last year. Um albeit less um <laughs> uh, on more uh, on a more solid foundation but it sounds a hell of a lot like the words we were saying going into 2018
2: it does yeah, and you're right Mick, and Mick McCall's not here anymore and we're we have a quarterback whose production at a Big 10 level is not something we have to guess at. We know exactly what he's capable of and there's plenty of tape. Um so yeah, the the ceiling for sure we we've got weeks to to get into the nitty-gritty of this. Really, we have a month um, to to go over this with a fine-tooth comb and we will. But um yeah, the yes. ceiling is the ceiling is winning the West and playing Ohio State in the championship game. That is the ceiling, and um, we are going to be getting into it in in deep detail.
0: Uh, speaking of that, uh, just quick roadmap of you know what we're going to be up to the next few weeks. Um, uh, we're going to be finishing up our our not our conference previews. Uh, we still have three we haven't uh, released yet: Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Illinois. Uh, those will be coming up. Uh, here in the next week, week and a half, two weeks or so. Um, we also have our Northwestern preview. Um, we're starting to see some talk from the players. I mean, we had Riley Lees, Peyton Ramsey, and Greg Newsom uh, talking to the media today, which is the first time we've heard from any players since May. So that that's really cool. So we're starting to get a little bit more uh, coming out of the program. Obviously, we all know everything is just kept very cloak and dagger, so we'll have as much information as we possibly can which, you know, as we all know, won't be much. But uh, we'll give you what we can give you. And uh, as we get closer and closer to October 24th, we'll uh, be back. We'll preview the Cats. We'll preview week one. We'll preview the Northwestern Maryland game. Um, God, we're looking forward to that. And, of course, we'll keep our tabs on what else is going around around the country. Um, SEC starts up this weekend. We've had a couple weeks of uh, ACC and Big 12 as far as Power 5 uh games um being that there's been a a lack of content we've been seeing a lot of group of five games on major networks um you know espn carrying you know coastal carolina i mean that that's cool it's you know we get gives us a chance to see teams we wouldn't normally get a chance to see so um
1: that that's been fun app state marshall in primetime last weekend was pretty cool
0: yeah how about Marshall? I guess huh? that
1: wasn't prime time, but like in the two thirty afternoon slot, that's prime time to me, like college football prime time. But was was that the CBS
0: primetime game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's normally like Alabama Auburn, and you're getting App State Marshall. That, no, no, no
1: that's, not not, not Al, like That's normally like Alabama Missouri. I mean, yeah. no, the, the,
0: the that mid afternoon slot, the CBS slot, that the Iron Bowl goes there. Not in September. Well fair to, but, but to, your, to your time slot come on
2: to your point though this is there's you know foot, it's been great to have football but it's gonna feel like a whole lot of nothing next week when the sec cranks up and the sec is is really gonna be all you know the sec is going to have marquee games practically every week at least one or two and they are going to be um dominating the landscape I would say right up until the Big Ten kicks off. So I think things are about to get serious, and I think we've we are finally going to really be feeling like football is back, and that we really have something to watch every Saturday.
0: Anything else before we get out of here tonight?
1: It's good uh, to be
2: talking some. It's good to be talking some schedule, some actual football, yeah. um, and and really kind of we did team preview tonight too. Good to be talking X's and O's. Good to be talking about. Not politics, not off-the-field stuff, but uh, on-field, just feel-good football.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, I like, to. you kind of opened the door for me a little bit there. Like, I'm not going to (laughs) go deep on it, but just, like, I think it's worth calling out, while we have seen, what, five to six games canceled each weekend, um, there have, at least to my knowledge, not been any reports of players being hospitalized. Yeah. due to covid uh nfl quarterbacks having their lungs stabbed by their medical trainers um not not notwithstanding um but like the some of the concerns that that people had right like have have um thus far uh not been not been a problem and that's um that's good that's really good and we hope that it stays that way absolutely well, let's go ahead and leave it there for tonight. Uh,
0: head to our website, westlotpirates.com, where you can leave comments and questions. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at westlotpirates. And email the show, westlotpirates at gmail.com. Tune in next time as we give our visceral and statistical views on Northwestern athletics. Look for us in the Westlot of Ryan Field playing the red pirate flag because we give no quarter, especially the fourth. For John Lacombe and Eric Skousby, I'm Sam Walter. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time.